So this is one of my favorite scriptures on Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving is the most beautiful time of year for me. Um, we have adopted this American holiday for more than an e a decade. And I just think it's so beautiful at the end of a year to slow down, because my goodness, this time of year gets so fast, and to actually take a moment to reflect on the kindness and the goodness of God to us in the year, and to actually appreciate the beauty that we're tending in our lives. You can get so busy with the work that you forget to stand back and look and say, wow, God, look what you're doing. How beautiful is this? And so uh, Thanksgiving is a really big thing in our home, and, and it's, it's a time of feasting and reflection and gratitude to the Lord. And I'm so glad that we can do it together today. So one of my favorite scriptures on Thanksgiving is Philippians 4 verse 6. And you guys will know it. I'm going to read it from the NIV. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus, okay? That's the NIV translation. I love it so much, and I find it so particularly helpful, not only at Thanksgiving, but on a day-by-day -day basis as a guide for how to manage my heart and mind. I rejoice in the Lord. I take my anxious worries and questions and prayers and petitions, and with thanksgiving, I give them to Him. And then the peace beyond what my mind can figure out. Because we all want peace that like, we're like, God, can you just make sense of all of this that is happening with me? That's not what he promises to answer all our questions. He promises a peace beyond what is humanly logical to God and cover our mind and heart. And so what I did is I went to the message translation and I went to the passion translation and the NIV and the amplified and I strung together all the words into a, a Kirsten translation. You know, you never know. You might want to get a signed copy one day, you know. Um, and this is what I came up with. And I think this is a beautiful position for us to take on this 27th of November, 2022. Celebrate God all day, every day. I mean, revel in Him. Okay? Thanksgiving is not like, thank you. Like, you know, it's reveling. It's celebrating. That means dancing and singing and actually, thank you. I got an amen from the back. Um, and actually enjoying God. All day, every day. It's participation in the present, the presence of God. I love to say be present in the presence of God. That is a living truth. It is not just like a, 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 a theological stance. You were given the presence of Jesus filling you. He is in you. He dwells in you and you are seated in him. That means we get to revel enjoy, celebrate, dance, actually live in the delight every day of Him with us, okay? Uh, don't fret or worry, any of those in the house, that's me. Do not be anxious about anything. Don't you hate it when those thoughts are like, like little, like on repeat, those anxious thoughts. Let praises and petitions shape 
Like literally, as I pray, I see my worries shape into prayers. And with thanks, let God know your concerns and requests. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. That's what Thanksgiving does. I'm going to unpack that a little bit now. It takes us from the anxious into this deep sense of settledness, that there's a wholeness in Christ that we can settle into and anticipate his goodness. It's a wonderful thing what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. We actually are able to do that exchange, guys. We're actually able to set aside worry and put Christ at the center. And then everything finds its perfect wholeness and its perfect completion in him and through him. And so Thanksgiving, friends, does not come because everything is sorted out. And we're going to look at a scriptural story this morning. In fact, it's in the middle of challenge and circumstance. So don't look at me and be like, oh, she's got it all sorted. That's why she's so thankful. No. Thankfulness is in the middle of the mess, in the challenging circumstances. It's there that we give thanks, and it's there that we get peace beyond our understanding. I want to show you this puzzle piece. You know when you get a lovely disciplining from the Lord? Discipline is the most beautiful thing. It's not like a punishment. It's like a, my, yeah, my darling girl, let me show you where you're really stuck right now because I want to see you free. That's that's where the Holy Spirit disciplines us. So this last week, we've had so much breakthrough this last couple of months. We've seen the fruitfulness, the blessing, the kindness of the Lord. But there's this one area where he has given me like nighttime dreams and he's spoken about and I'm fixated. I'm like, Lord, this hasn't happened. I'm stuck. And every day there's these thoughts, this thing, this one puzzle piece. And he came to me this week in my heart and he said, my love, you're getting fixated on this one thing. I want you to know that it's a puzzle piece. And I want you to give into my hands, my nail-scarred hands, where your name is written, those hands. I want you to give me, you, give, you to give me that puzzle piece where I have not answered the way that you thought where that is still not the complete picture. Let me take that, because let's have a look at the puzzle. Oh, wow, this section's coming together, and there's the frame, and we're building that together. You have no idea what this piece is. I literally do not. It could be a coat, could be a tree, could be a leaf. I don't know. But I'm stumbling on this. I'm like, he's like, you're obsessive. Let it go so that I can work the whole together in my goodness, in my timing. And so I literally took this little thing and I put it in his hands, my anxious prayers and worries, and I'm like, Jesus, I trust you with this. I don't know when, I don't know how, and maybe it's going to look completely different. But I feel like this morning we can get hung up on the things that we think he said or he hasn't done or the breakthrough we haven't got. And that can be a place where we just like cannot give thanks for everything he's doing, and we can trust him because he is faithful in his time to complete everything that he has spoken and he's promised and to work everything for good. So if that's you this morning, I, I encourage you to look at that puzzle piece and to hand it over to Jesus. So um, I want to also say, friends, that I really like gratitude as a practice that is done now in the world of health and wellness, and it's amazing. Um, Tanil was, was sending us a, a link of like what it does to your body. It actually helps you to be well, and I believe 100% in that practice of gratitude. 
But I want to say, as sons and daughters of the living God, that we have a layer of gratitude that not everyone else participates in. And that is that we don't just get to see the good gifts of his kindness and his grace and his redemption that we have in our lives, but we actually get to participate in the life of the giver himself. That is where the true feasting table of thanksgiving actually is. Because last night we set this huge, oh my word, we had so much food and like just this feast of food. That table of feasting is actually the giver Jesus with us. And that gratitude, like that is the crescendo of the cross, that we were alone and we were separate from God and we were distant. And Jesus crossed that huge chasm and he died on the cross, us in him. We, we co-died with him, we were buried with him and we were born again by the spirit into new life. And he now fills us. That is the, the crescendo of the cross. We're not alone and so as wonderful as it is to be like, oh, my family, I'm grateful for. The opportunity for Mads, the business, the community, yes. But I'm most grateful for the feast of being able to enjoy his presence with me. And I want to encourage you in this season that that's not just a, a thought, but actually you get to fellowship with the giver. James said he, James 1 says he gives only good gifts. There is no shadow in him. He's not holding a stick. There's not a shadow of dark in him. He is only the giver of light and of goodness and of kindness. So gratitude, gratitude looks backwards into our past and give, gives thanks to God for his grace, his goodness, his faithfulness. And it settles us in the present. That's what Thanksgiving does. It anchors us in the middle of whatever we're facing the mental jumble, the voices, the busyness. And we come a, become aware of like, my life is knitted into his life. I look back, he sustained everything. He's been faithful to me this far, despite the puzzle pieces that I may not be able to fit into the picture yet. I look back at his faithfulness and his goodness. And I settle now that my goodness, if he sustained all of that, what a hope I have that his goodness and grace and his presence with me will sustain me for all the months ahead. Our past, our present, and our future rests on this. It is finished. We are in life union with Jesus. Therefore, he goes into my past, Romans 8, and he works it for my good. Even my failures, even my mistakes, even my imperfection. And so... As I pray with my worries and petitions and my puzzle pieces and my things that I, that my challenges that I face now, I look back and I say, thank you. That shapes these into hope for what he's going to do that I can't yet understand and I can't yet see. But because I'm grafted into his life and I'm sustained by him, it is going to be good because he is only faithful and he is only good. So Romans 8 promises he goes into our past and he works it for our good. That is, that is just amazing. And restoration, we, we've walked into that in areas of our life. Restoration looks like better than what it was before. I can testify to that. So 
we look back and we expect for him to work the unfinished things, the, all the messy things for our good in his way as we lean into him. And then we have this glorious hope that pulls us into the future with expectation for good. Why? Because we are anchored into him. So I feel like from around 2018, every year we were like, yo, this has been a hard year. I hope the next year is better. <laughs> then the next year is like, oh, that was worse. So let's hope the next year is better. And it feels like it's been a bit on a cycle like that. Like we're always hoping something's going to change in the year ahead. You know, but it's been really tough. And there's been really, really, really real challenges. Despite that, our future looks fruitful and good and beautiful and better than we can ask, dream, or imagine. Why? Okay. Do I get my list of ticked off goals and achievements and possibly not? Okay. That is a preach in itself of how to, you know, just steward our desires and hopes with the Lord. Okay. But possibly it doesn't look like goals ticked off in 2023. But when we participate in the life of Jesus with us, there is the promise of fruitfulness, joy, peace, goodness, love, faithfulness. There is the promise of favor. There is the promise of blessing. There is the promise of goodness. Does it always look like we want? No. And that's this beautiful journey of the Spirit. Does it look better than what we ask, dream, or imagine? Yes. So what's happening to us as a community is that we're learning to walk with the Holy Spirit and to, to set aside success and achievement for fruitfulness. And I promise you that 2023 is going to be the most glorious beyond what we can ask, dream, or imagine Yeah, with Him, walking with Him in step with him, walking with him, there, like my heart is bursting with expectation for next year. So let's align ourselves with that. Let's let gratitude and the reality of the presence of Jesus with us give us a real hope, not a, like a, a, you know, have a candle on a cake or like wish upon a star hope, a real hope that Jesus is being made manifest in and through us. And that looks like beyond our wildest dreams. And as we walk together and work with him and, and walk with him, it's gonna, it's just, oh, it's just glorious. So you can see I'm pretty amped about 2023. Um, but I've also learned to let the spirit shape my thinking on what hope looks like and what uh, me measuring my life looks like, fruitfulness. Um, yeah, so Psalm 123 in the Passion Translation, such a beautiful translation. It says, he's gone into my future to prepare a way, and he works into my past to work it all for good. It's absolutely beautiful. So I'm quickly going to um, share a very little story from Acts 16. Acts, Acts 16, verse 22, um, and I'm just going to show you why Thanksgiving is such a key. So these guys were in a predicament probably worse than any of you right now. Um, so we're talking about Paul and Silas in Acts 16. After they'd been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Okay, 
So their life was looking pretty challenging at that moment. At about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. All at once, the prison doors flew open and, the, and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he threw him, him he, sorry, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. Then Paul uses that moment to tell this jailer about Jesus through this incredible sign and wonder. The jailer gives his heart to the Lord. Uh, he receives Jesus. He then takes Paul and his whole family become believers. They get baptized. How's that for one night? They go back to the jail and all the prisoners stay in the jail. And the next morning, the magistrate comes and says they're released anyway. So it's a very interesting story. The Lord knew that Paul and Silas would be released anyway in the morning. But he had a story in between the end of the story and where they were at. And that story starts with praise and thanksgiving in a jail cell. And that's what I want to say. I want to say that thanksgiving and praise, what it does is it takes our eyes off all this jail, all this challenge, self and it focuses our eyes on Jesus, focuses our eyes on the Spirit with us, heavenly places like King of Kings and Lord of Lords above all else. That's what thanksgiving and praise does. And it precedes the miracle every time. So when we take that position and we learn to do it not once a year on thanksgiving, but daily in the practice of that scripture that I put up, what happens is that, you know, the, the story unfolds anyway, and there's goodness for Paul and Silas the next day, but the Lord wants to tell so much more as we participate with his presence. There was a whole family that came to know Jesus that night through this miracle. And as Paul and Silas, in these terrible conditions, become a space of thanksgiving and praise, taking their eyes off this and being present in the presence of God, the miracle happens. You see that when Jesus breaks the bread, he breaks the bread, he gives thanks, and the loaves and fish are multiplied. There's 10 lepers that get healed by the Lord. Nine go, one comes back. The one that comes back to say, thank you, focus eye to eye, Jesus says, you are, not only are you healed, but you are saved. There's this miracle that happens. I want to say, friends, that as we reflect on Thanksgiving, it's not only just saying thank you for the gifts, but as we participate in the presence of Jesus with us, with all our thanks and our devotion and our praise, we're actually asking for a miracle because he wants to do so much more. As we're participating in his life, he's going to do stuff. There's going to be an earthquake that breaks you out. It literally is like a, a, a get out of jail free card Thanksgiving, right? Because it gets you out of your own jail. But he wants to break into our worlds. He wants to break into our life. And this positioning of thankfulness and praise and devotion and participating in the life of the Spirit is what precedes those kind of amazing things that then lead to a life beyond what we can ask, dream, or imagine, right? So I want to say this morning, 
With wonder and childlikeness, let's participate in the feast of his presence with us. Let's remind ourselves today to come back to devotion, to praise and thanksgiving and fellowship with the Lord. So interesting, in Isaiah 43, it says uh, in the message, are you between a rock and a hard place? Do you feel like you're drowning underwater? Da, 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 da. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Can you see it? Can you perceive it? It's like, yes, I understand this is what you're facing, but can you see where I am? Can you see what I'm doing? And so right now in this moment of thanksgiving, I'd like to ask us, encourage us all that this isn't a luxury in crazy busy lives with very full schedules and plates. This is a way of living and being with Jesus. And we need to learn to slow down this, whatever that is, and to be childlike and full of wonder and delight in focusing our attention on his presence with us in the present. And in doing that, we see with gratitude the past and we see with joyful, not to be shamed, hopeful expectation for the future. The word says those who look to the Lord are radiant. They're never covered with shame as we look into the future. So let's just pray and then I'm going to ask for a testimony. Jesus, we just thank you that you are, you are drawing us so close to your heart this morning and you're reforming our thinking because we want to participate in the great adventure of life with you. We are so thankful for the cross. We are so thankful that we get to live grafted in, in life union with you. It's, it's beyond what we could ask or dream, God. And we want to learn to live that way. So we come this morning allowing all that demands our attention to become dim. And we focus on you, Jesus. We pour out our affection, our devotion, our thanks, and our praise to you. And because of that, we thank you that we look at the year ahead with joyful, real hope. Because participation in your life, walking and working with you, is going to be beyond what we can imagine. So we even bless the year ahead. We thank you for 2022. We thank you for this moment that we can, as a family, as a community, just pour out our devotion and thanks. And we thank you for the beautiful adventure of the year ahead. We thank you for more of your kingdom, more of your Holy Spirit fruitfulness, just more of you in and through our lives, Jesus, in our families, in our communities, in our workplaces, all around us. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Guys, um, just in speaking to people this week in the community, there is so much good and so many beautiful testimonies. We don't actually have time for them all. Maybe at home church in the last one, people can share testimonies. But there's one that's been super significant that we've walked with, with um, Hamish and Taylor. Can I just ask you to come up? So I've just asked them to just share for five minutes just about their journey and where they find themselves right now. And just maybe pray for that like you did last week at worship. Sorry. Um, just before I get into my testimony, um, I just wanted to share a prophetic picture that I saw during worship. Um, it was during the song Closer, 
and I just saw a picture of someone standing in like a dark chasm um, and you haven't necessarily experienced that love of God um, or you had experienced it many moons ago, but so much has happened since then that you, could, you couldn't possibly experience it again. And I just saw like this giant hand of God kind of reaching in deep into your heart and inviting you to, to pull you out of that place. It's an invitation. And just want to encourage you that one encounter with the Lord, one encounter with his heart, it, it, it changes everything. And so I just wanted to share that with you. If that's, if that's for you, please come and chat to me afterwards and I can pray with you because I really believe that God wants to do something deep there in that space. Um, and then that, that leads me into the verse that Kirsty shared at the worship on, on Sunday night. Um, and I believe that this verse is for you as well and it segues well into our testimony. It's Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to, pro to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance for our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant those who mourn in Zion and to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of faint spirits, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Um, and at the worship evening, Hamish shared um, that we had had a pretty ashes year in the previous year. And I'm uh, sorry. And last year, um, we stood there at that worship service. Um, first of all, had put in an offer on a house, and we needed our we needed our flat to sell, and it just you know in that market wasn't looking good. And we stood there in that service and received an offer, and sale was through during the worship service. So that was amazing, and God was just reminding us of that. Um, but. That, that worship service a year ago, um, I stood holding Jonathan, Peter and Alicia's beautiful baby boy. And so many people, like God just spoke to us through so many people that evening where um, Mila looks at this picture and there's actually a photograph of it. It's such a beautiful photograph of Rob sharing and I'm in the background um, in community with, with my baby effectively, with Jonathan. Um, and Mila said, she looked at this picture and she said to, to Kirsty, that's it, mom, it's done. Taylor has her baby. Um, and uh, Mark came and remarked to us afterwards. And he might have just been remarking, but the significance of the words to us, he said, that's a really good look on you. Um, and to Neil, who we hadn't met yet, um, but when I spoke to her afterwards, um, we hadn't met yet. And she said, no, that night I saw you. And I thought to myself, sure, that, that lady's going to have a baby. <laughs> so God just, um, he kept promising, he kept promising. And we stood there a year later and I'm 21 weeks pregnant and um, my baby is perfect and 10 fingers and 10 toes and um, everything is going really well. Um, and that, that 
physical manifestation was a fulfillment of God's promise, you know. But to be honest with you, this physical manifestation of his promise is just the tip of the iceberg um, because what is more miraculous is what God did in our hearts through that journey up until that point, like the the restoration, the healing of our brokenheartedness. Um, he really gave us a beautiful headdress instead of ashes. He's really given us a garment of praise um, instead of mourning. And that, that for me is, is the miracle. Um, and so I just want to stand here and proclaim God's faithfulness and he is faithful to finish what he started and he is the God who fulfills promises Uh, yeah that's just who he he is he can't deviate from his nature and so I just stand here Lord I thank you that you are who you say you are you're the God of promises you're the God of joy you're the God of gladness and Lord I just release that over your people here today Lord where there are cogs in the way cogs in the wheel Lord bumps in the road Lord I pray that you that you reinstill that which you've promised in your people Lord and that we turn our eyes to you Lord I pray for a release Lord in the fulfillment of your promises right now Lord I thank you that you are who you say you are in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. Um, Ella had that same scripture in worship this morning, so I do feel like the, the balm of the Spirit is here this morning, just brooding over our hearts to release exactly that, where we bring the ashes. Can we do that right now? Just agreeing with Taylor's prayer. Just bring the ashes of 2022 or even the ashes of a last season. Maybe it's a decade. Who knows? And the tears and the heaviness. Because Isaiah 61 says we have the spirit of the Lord upon us, not only upon us, but in us. To take our ashes and do something beautiful. Give us beauty instead of ashes. So just give your ashes to the Lord. And he takes our tears, our mourning, and he fills our heart with joy. And he takes our heaviness, which is disappointment, failure, shame, colorlessness, dullness. That's all in that word, heaviness. And he gives us a garment of praise, of rejoicing, of reveling, that celebration that we talked about. So can we just take a moment? Holy Spirit, we bring you our tears, our ashes, our heaviness from the past season. You are faithful. You are good. And we thank you that there is an exchange even in this moment that you are creating beauty You are bringing healing. You are releasing joy and celebration in our lives. Thank you, Holy Spirit.